stop. Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Every penny's worth Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world to review every minute of the 1971 masterpiece starring Andy Robinson and some big nobody called Clint Eastwood. I'm one of your hosts, John, and as ever, I'm joined with... Trent. And... Tim. And today we are fortunate to be guest with not two, but three guests. Our first guest is Mitch Grinter. Hi, thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. Um, How was your trip here from Geelong? Well, when you're leaving Geelong, pretty much even anywhere, even Reservoir is a better destination. <laughs> and you guys have lovely trees that don't appear to have been uh, sort of cut down for uh, warmth, um, <laughs> which which happens a lot in the in some of the outer suburbs of Geelong. Uh, I haven't been jacked yet. Um, I don't know if you guys call it that here. I don't even know if you have a word for it here because it just seems like a sort of lovely suburb where nothing had really happened. And there's a place around the corner called Pie Time, oh, wow. which I got excited by because it implied, like, it didn't have a clock on the sign. So, presumably, it is always Pie Time. <laughs> and isn't that a world that we want to live in? Have you been there, Trent? No, no. I was just thinking more because there are a lot of parks and trees around here that the term jacked. Um, oh. Anyway, sorry. But, um, yeah. <laughs> It only took two minutes to go down the toilet. But anyway, yes. Well, thanks, no, I've not been there. Thanks for coming, Mitch. And we're also joined by two lovely ladies, Georgia and Fiona. Hello. 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 My name's actually Liz. Ah, yes. oh, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> I could have let it just go and that would have been great. As well. <laughs> I meant Fiona for the afternoon. Yes. Thanks for, thanks for coming, Georgia. Are you a big Eastwood fan? I... I wouldn't say a fan. Um, I'm a little bit ambivalent about him as an actor. I probably prefer him as a director, I would say. He's got a lot of good directed movies under his belt. Do you prefer him directing himself versus acting for another director? So, say Gran Torino or Million Dollar Baby, where he he brought out some really, really good performances versus, I don't know, Alcatraz or something along those lines. Well, I think I probably my favorite film that he's directed actually mm. doesn't have him in it at all, which is Changeling. Okay. So, mm. um to be honest, I um I probably don't don't mind um watching him on screen either way whether he's directing himself or not. I'm sort of like a little bit ambivalent about him. I'm not I don't love it, but I don't hate it. So, yeah. I think he turned in some of his best performances to date in um, Million Dollar Baby and even Torino as well. Okay. Um, real well, tears, Jim. Unforgiven. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. let's, let's just put it out there right now that it's, it will never be better than Unforgiven. That's, That's right. Eastwood. Now, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't cry in that movie, though. He actually cried quite convincingly in Million Dollar Baby, I think, Tim, don't you? Can't remember. At the uh, end. Yes, <laughs> at the end. Oh, yeah, over the bit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Liz Fee, you were, <laughs> you were about to say some really disparaging <laughs> things about Clint Eastwood before, before were you not? Um, yeah, I feel like he sort of uh, became Hollywood royalty and I'm not sure that uh, there's much reason mm. for it. <laughs> How did you get in this room? I don't know. <laughs> it feels really small right now. <laughs> 
I like a dissenting opinion and it's not my show. So, I'm going to poke that uh, bear wherever I possibly can <laughs> and just see if we can get a fight over the end of the table here. <laughs> well, today we are reviewing minute 38. The minute begins with a woman turning around and running off screen and ends with Harry aiming his elephant gun. Tim, what did you think about this minute? It's great. You've got naked hippies and a dirty Harry one-liner. What more do you want? <laughs> Mitch, do you think the nudity in Dirty Harry is a bit too gratuitous, a bit too um, Starship Troopers nudity? I didn't until you described Harry pointing or aiming his elephant gun. <laughs> that that took it to a new place for me. It's, it's kind of that nudity at a distance. I think in a 70s film- you know, it, you've, you've certainly seen a lot worse. But my two thoughts. One, it's as gratuitous as it gets. Mm. And what are the odds that you're just going to be happen to be on the one rooftop where you can see through the window and see naked people? And the other part of it, for the hero cop, he's doing a shit job of being a cop in this, yeah. this particular minute. You know, you've got one job. It's to catch the Scorpio killer. And you just get sidetracked to, you know- Look at something that you could see in any magazine for 20 cents at the time. <laughs> it's almost like they had this scene to actually point out he's a bit of a voyeur because mm. he did the same thing in the other scene with Hot Mary, right? Yeah, with- that's right. But he's also a widow, a widower, so he's a little bit sympathetic in that way as well. He's we don't know just- that quite yet, but yeah. yeah. Part of me. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have said that during the movie, obviously, Harry's quite obsessed with his gun, so- we don't see him with any other ladies, so maybe it was intimating. Hang on, guys, it's he's not he's not queer or anything. He's he does have an interest. He's a red hot American. Well, he couldn't have that <laughs> not in nineteen seventy six. No, and this yeah, like um, there's not too many substantive women characters in this movie, is there, Georgia? That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Of um, substance, anyway. Yeah, um, I think um, it's. She's got the whole seventies natural vibe going on, which is which is very cute. Um, <laughs> but it is interesting, um, like in a post me me too world and everything that happened last year, um, and particularly you know that came out in Hollywood. Like, is this going to be as acceptable to kind of just chuck scenes like this in the mix, um, just basically for a bit of fun? Like, it just mm. it's not really um, it's it's a bit of a laugh. Um, and I think it's it's interesting whether that's going to be taken a little bit more seriously now. 71, Trent, was a, quite a year for, wasn't it, Straw Dogs and A Clockwork Orange, mm. some very, um, a lot of nudity and um, provocative scenes of rape and so forth. Well, that's right, because, the, I mean, the Hayes Code in the US changed, um, I think mm. it was 1968, 69, and, uh, I mean, we've covered this a little bit before, but that's why it was sort of like, oh, wow, we can throw these things in that... Um, we haven't before, you know, mm. people go, oh, shit, this is... It's probably a bit of a, um, you know, they were probably just excited to be able to do that because mm. that code was quite strict, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, there's an argument that, oh, you know, people were liberated, you know, all these things that were oppressed before. And, you know, you get the impression a lot of young actresses were bluffed into doing things they wouldn't normally agree with because, oh, it's all about the liberation and the freedom <laughs> and all that. I think you're thinking sure. particularly about the Australian scene, aren't you? No, just Jackie Weaver and... Yeah, yeah. Like the seventies equivalent of CGI. Yeah, just 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 because you can do it doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> um, does Chico see? Do you think Chico knows that Harry's perving? I can't. You can't really. Do you think Trent? Maybe a little bit. Is he looking off to the side? Yeah. Uh, 
It doesn't. It, it does certainly look like that building is close enough, particularly when they're in the shootout. It looks like it should be close enough that you can see that with the pardon the pun naked eye. Mm. <laughs> so and he's kind of, well, but that look on his face yeah. there. Sorry, we're just as we're rewatching. He's kind of got a little bit of confusion about what do you mean you're yes you're. You owe yourself to live a little, Harry. <laughs> yeah, he's got a slight, are you fucking serious kind of expression <laughs> on his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Georgia, the um, the people that enter the apartment, the swingers, are they, do you think, the people we've seen in the previous minute in the alleyway? They seem, the gentleman, yes. the Mark Maron, John Lennon-looking guy has the sort of similar uh, coloured poncho. Or- yeah, Lizzie, you were saying that that was a very distinct um, jumper poncho he's wearing there. So, yeah, I think it's the same. Sorry, same Lizzie, couple. didn't you mean Fiona? Right. Oh, somebody told Liz, me. Liz yeah, Fee, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you bring along your sister and this is what you get. Exactly. <laughs> they seem, the, the naked hippie seems particularly rushed to get the other hippies into the bedroom, if you see that. Like, there's, mm. there's a real sense of urgency, like, if this doesn't happen <laughs> in the next 15 seconds. I, I don't know, like, a guy's, someone's going to kick the door down or something like that. Like, if you just hit play on this little moment. And it's she's got one hand, she's pushing them through, and then like the guy <laughs> almost looks like he's. Am I going to get a drink? Offer me a drink? Yeah, it's like, it's like well, hang on, I didn't it's come like, here for go, this. I want to go back. <laughs> Let me out. <laughs> Are going to get a drink or a neck rub or anything? <laughs> oh, just, yeah. Dive right in. Big fan of this minute, Trent. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking back on you saying the Mark Marin, John Lennon guy. Yeah. He looks like none of them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even look like each other either. I'm looking for comparable photos. Yeah, Maybe no, some weighty hair. I got hair. nothing. <laughs> it's like glasses. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> um, sorry. What was the question? It was about the minute. <laughs> You're a big fan of this minute. Um, I like the the build up of the music. Yeah. I mean, it it's a pretty seedy sort of scene, the, the red and the blue light and everything, and uh, offers a little insight into the character of, uh, you know, with his one-liner there, which is great. Yeah. Hmm. Are you put off, Georgia, that this movie doesn't really... This is almost all we see of women in this movie, apart from the squeaky clean conversation he has with Chico's um, wife in the hospital. They remade this movie today. They'd put in some f- female characters, do you think? Yeah, probably. I think that's a massive thing at the moment is redoing a lot of things with, with female mm. leads or, or even just being conscious and putting more females in bigger roles. But I think... Um, Dirty Harriet. There you go. <laughs> Starring Kristen Wiig. <laughs> yes. I'd watch that. Melissa McCarthy. Um, it's when you watch something like this, you, you just you almost expect it to be very male-driven. It's not, it's not a massive surprise. You just... It's... I think you... Um, you just, yeah, a little bit, sometimes a little bit numb to it, yeah. Would it change the tone of the film, though, if, if any of the characters were, any of the main characters were female? Of course we have the Enforcer where he's, he's paired up with a female cop and um, they develop a platonic relationship of respect that doesn't amount to anything romantic. That's another dynamic that emerges. Was it, in that film, is it suggested he's misogynistic in some way? Oh, big time. At the beginning, yeah. And then you see it sort of whittled down. Yeah, so he right. to know her and, yeah, she's just as capable as me. And she becomes Dirty Harriet. Women. <laughs> Pretty much. Women are human too. <laughs> I guess not in the scenes that we're looking at so much, but there certainly, if it was remade now, would be female cops within the police station. Like, it's mm. very... 
that's where it's really, really obvious. You're like, oh, it's yeah. just a room full of men talking about being men. Yeah. That, Definitely. That wouldn't happen. So, you wouldn't necessarily have to change the entire tone, I don't think, but it would just make it feel more natural and less on the nose about how few females there are if they were, you know. you got a movie called Dirty Harry. Obviously, it's going to have a male lead. Uh, maybe even including some more scenes with the actual victims to humanise them rather than just have it, it's a girl just being kidnapped. And here's That's a tooth. That's very, very like, true. The, the tooth gets more screen time than mm. the victim. Mm. Yeah, we mm. know nothing about them, pra- practically nothing about them other than that they're victims. Mm. Yeah. As opposed to, say, Silence of the Lambs, where um, as much as the uh, the size 14 that gets kidnapped, and it's, mm. just, it's probably a damning that that's all I can think of to be able to describe her <laughs> as well. But- <laughs> You know, you you do get some scenes with her down that well and the, you, you start to understand the pain that she's going through and you really s- sort of sympathise as opposed to it just being a MacGuffin that Harry needs to try to solve. Mm. That said, Harry's relationship with women in, the, like, maybe deteriorates in The Enforcer is a bit misogynist and disbelieving that women can be a role. But in this movie, he's he's thrown off by the women he encounters. Like, he doesn't know what to say with Charlie Russell's mum. Chico, he says, you know, you go um, talk to her and allay her fears. And obviously, Hot Mary puts him off again. Is that kind of like how you don't know how to talk to a Labrador when it's looking at you? <laughs> yeah. you're, like, you're like, I know you can understand some words. <laughs> but, you know, pat, pat, well done. So, he's more clueless. I don't I think, believe that. Women- <laughs> Sorry. I just want to throw it out there just that I am sitting closest to the girls in the room here on the mic. So, <laughs> the girl I, the I don't want to be hit in the back of the head with a mic stand. That's, that, that was purely comic effect. So, yeah, the nu- once again, the nudity throws Harry off here. But does it really prevent him from, in the end, he aims the gun and is ready and catches Scorpio by surprise. So, he's not, his voyeurism isn't totally throw off his professional attitude True. here. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he snaps back and he's right there, right there back into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that they put the binoculars template <laughs> over this otherwise I just wouldn't have, I would have thought that Harry had supervision <laughs> wouldn't have been able to piece together that when he held the binoculars up to his face that he had a closer up view because <laughs> I know whenever I put binoculars on I can see the black ring yeah. around everything as well it's not just vision does anyone own binoculars here have you ever had yeah. calls to buy them Mitch or I, Trent yeah I, I, I have binoculars my uh, my wife has um, not great vision, so when we go to football, the cricket, races. that sort of stuff, oh. we'll take the binoculars to help her be able to see from the grandstands. And you do feel like a spy whenever you put them on. Like, if I <laughs> hold them up, like, I only I crowd watch with binoculars. I never I never look at the sport. I'm just like, let's see what the guy over in, you know, Bay 36 is up to. <laughs> when you go to the shop to buy the binoculars, do you think the shop keeps really thinking, I oh, know what's going on here? Or, do you feel dirty? You go to, like... You sell them, or they sell them at boating, camping, fishing stores. So everyone in there, I think, is a little bit dirty. So you kind of blend wow. in. What are the names of the pervs and Rusty and, and the Simpsons? Rusty and something. Boating and things mm-hmm. like that. That's what I've got them for. That's bought. Actually, I stole them off my dad, but yeah. We've talked before, um, you know, pulling at straws here, that Scorpio has the sniper scope. Um, you know, he's concentrating. Harry's got the monoculars. The good and the evil, where Scorpio just has the capacity for the evil in life. Did you like that poorly expressed metaphor, Tim? Is that, is that another thing you've just made up on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when's the IMDb thing coming up yeah. that you, you make up every week? Well, 
<laughs> there's some testy, there's some um, inaccuracies with the the Winchester rifle. The users will talk about next minute. But Tim, you, you Tim, you generally enjoyed this this minute. Yeah, say so. I mean, it's probably a bit more of a comic relief, uh, like scene or or bit before it gets to the action. So I mean, maybe that was their intention. Put in a one liner, get the crowd going, and then and then you bring out the guns. It's probably a little bit of trying to sell San Francisco as well. Like you through three people basically portray <laughs> portray the way that San Francisco has always been a bit more of a progressive culture, mm. I suppose. That you can be spied on at any time. <laughs> well, <there's that. laughs> and the song tells the truth because I think they're wearing flowers in their hair as well. You know, <laughs> if you're going to San Francisco, yeah, living the dream. This is pre the village people's go west, which yeah. was about going mm. to San Francisco from New York. It's a different San Francisco. Mm. <laughs> Do we hear the door open, Tim, on yeah. the soundtrack? There's, there's a we creak. We do, yeah. And it's kind of like, um, could, could we really hear the door <laughs> from across the street? Yeah, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like Harry does because the, the binoculars move very quickly. Yes, yeah, that's right. look at like the roof slightly above the door. Yeah. Like it looks mm. like unless the Scorpio uh, was 10 feet tall, you're probably not going to see him <laughs> where he's decided to aim maybe- <laughs> Maybe at the ground where he'd be walking out, not at the not at the very top. But look, I'm not a hero cop, so it's not for me to <laughs> not with that attitude. tell Harry his business. <laughs> and his his binoculars might not be as good as yours either. Yeah, <laughs> every, well, that's very true. Mine mine show a full screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much all I have for this minute. Um, just for the record, I was going to say I finally watched the Madigan, the Don Siegel movie you did preceding to this. And the opening scene also has the two cops distracted by a. Um, they're in a room though, arresting a, a hood, and his his um, his little female offside is naked, and they get distracted, and the cops grab the gun. So, Don Siegel's had a few <laughs> another movie with this sort of plot point as well. Yeah, I think sometimes when they're like onto a good thing, they thought oh, stick with it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Did Don Siegel direct Stripes by any chance? <laughs> that also has a really extended. Binoculars in a shower sequence. <laughs> anyway. Porky's is probably the best example of gratuitous nudity because the pervs, you know, deal with some pain. Um, <laughs> it's probably one of the first glory hole movies I ever watched, actually, now <laughs> yeah. that I think about that. You should be chopping us down to size, George. <laughs> it's like glory hole's been thrown on the table. Wow, yeah. Hot <laughs> bubblegum? What's that? The Israeli film, Hot Bubblegum? Oh, L- Lemon Popsicle. Lemon Popsicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a glory hole scene in that, isn't there? Oy. I think. We'll catch you next time on... <laughs> on that note. Harry. Harry Minute. Minute. <laughs> Wasn't aware that that was the thing that happened. Thanks.